times are melty. I know, it's the worst. Also, I have bad news. What? I tried to cool myself down by sitting on the cold open. Yeah. And now it's all stuck to me. Oh no, the cold open got stuck to you. Yeah, it's all melty. Because you're too hot and sweaty and it's too melty. Yeah. Oh no, that does that mean you've got things you've, you've played stuck, stuck to you? Yeah, things yeah. I've watched, some stuff I've listened to. Yeah, oh gosh, have you got some queer trans ladies stuck to you? Yeah. Sorry uh, about that, ladies. Uh, some oh, skits and silly voices, I'm guessing. Yeah, they're all sticky now as well. They're supposed to melt in your mind, not in your hand. Oh, well. Or your butt. I'm, I mean, it's as good an excuse as any for a cold shower. You mean I could have just done this whole intro from the shower? Strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and the media we've consumed and do silly voices and skits. And I think, given how hot it is in this office right now, thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you again sometime. <laughs> oh, bye. It's definitely going to be a short episode this week. Um, we've we've got the windows open. We've got the door open. We've not got the, the, the screen behind us we normally have because we are trying to maximise airflow as best we can. Yeah, without having a fan on. Yeah, we, we compromised on turning the fan off, but that is the only compromise we will make. Yeah, sorry if the audio is not perfect this week. It's 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 this. It's what you're getting? It's this or no show because we are literally puddles of goo that have melted. It's too hot. It's too hot. However, you know what's not too hot? Things we've played. I don't know quite what that segue was, but we played some things this week. We played some hot, hot games. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about something you played this week? We played some Star Realms. Yeah. It's we've... a tiny box, tiny box, literally like a deck of cards. Yeah, it's a uh, little deck builder. Yeah, a little deck builder for two players. Mm. Uh, you... They do do a four-player version now. Yeah. Frontiers. It's it's a pretty simple one. Um, You've got 50 health, so does your opponent. Try and get them down to zero. Mm-hmm. Um. It's a deck builder. You basically try and build up your stable of ships. They can do X amount of damage uh, per time. You've got cards that are worth buying power so that you can buy more cards for your deck. Um, There are bases that stick around. Uh, You don't have to destroy regular bases to attack the other person's life, but like they usually have cool effects that go turn after turn after turn, so there's incentive to destroy them. Mm -hmm. And there are special bases that can protect your health and, you know, you've got to just be stronger than their defence to, to do anything. Yes. And do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Big shooties. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun little game. It is a fun little game. You can knock a game out in about 15 minutes. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty pacey. Mm-hmm. Um and none of our games were too were too poorly balanced. Like we were usually yeah. within three or four points of each other at the end of a game. Yeah. It usually came down to okay one of the two of us is going to have a good turn and clinch it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've played it before and it continues to be a real fun little yeah. like throw in a pocket deck builder. Yeah, um, I was I was recommended it I think by shut shut up and sit down. And, yeah, um, I was looking for a gift for somebody who wanted to get into board games. Yeah, mainly two player. Mm. And I was like, is only cheap and I'll have to pay shipping if I only get one copy. Yeah. So I got us a copy as well. And I'm I'm glad you did. It's been uh yeah, it's really fun. It's it's not it's like a, a it's not a multiple hours commitment kind of game mm-hmm. and it 
all of its mechanics are really sound. Yeah, because it, it tidies away easily. Yeah. It's easy to just set up, and it it teaches a lot of the the core mechanics that play in some of the bigger deck builders. Mm. Things like um, certain cards have factions, so if you if you build your deck specifically around one type of faction, you'll usually get better effects out of your card. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a lot of those like things that the bigger deck builders have. Yes, which yeah. is yeah, I think you could definitely move from that into something like say. Uh, Clank or uh, Legendary Encl- Encounters Alien, yeah. you know, it's 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 that same sort of core idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one, and the, the artwork's very nice. Lots of cool ships. I like the blobs. The blobs are very good. Mm-hmm. What about you? I played a video game this week. Oh. I played a videoed game. I played Fall Guys. Ah, the 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 happy peanuts in the bright colours. Uh yeah, the sort of like little minion-looking fellas that run around. Yeah, I know, I know, but that's that's what they look like. There's a blue and yellow outfit for them, and it made it very clear that they are basically just minions. Um, yeah, so this is kind of like, imagine if you had like 60 people dropped at once into like a Takeshi's Castle level or a Total Wipeout uh, course or something like that. Um, each each course they whittle down how many people can get through, so it'll usually be like, get to the end of the obstacle course. The first 40 out of 60 people to get there will move to the next round. Um, you can jump, you can dive, you can grab other people. It is a frantic, chaotic, try and get to the end kind of game. Um, usually the objective is try and get through maybe like five rounds consecutively, and you'll get to like, there'll be maybe like, a dozen or so people left at the end of the last round will be, there's a crown at the top of there, whoever gets it first is the winner. Um, the further you get through those five rounds, the the more rewards you're given to buy like in-game cosmetics and things, so you can dress up your little character. And how easy is it to buy things? Because it's got an in-game money system. It does have an in-game money system. Um, a I paid don't. game. Yeah, it's a paid game, dot dot dot, unless you have PlayStation Plus, in which case it, it was free on PS Plus the day it launched. Um... I've found no difficulty in saving up to, you know, playing for like half an hour I had enough to buy an outfit for my character. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not been, it's not felt actively bad. And, and it's just cosmetic. Yeah, it's just cosmetic and all, the characters are always so small and on screen and it's so chaotic. I'm not worried about my character looking too good because there's like 60 other people jumping on top of me. Half the time I can't see myself anyway. Um... But yeah, I it, it's been a lot of fun. It's it's definitely having some server issues. They clearly did not anticipate this many people trying to play it. Like there will sometimes be like I tried to play I I had half an hour, I was like, oh I'll try and play. Couldn't get into a single game. Oh wow. Um and then later it was fine. It it goes through spells, so bear bear that in mind, right? Especially now. if you want to stream the damn thing. Yeah, it's I was gonna stream it last night and the main reason I didn't was Oh gosh, what if I try and stream it and I just can't get into a game? Lots of time in chat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, maybe I'll stream it in a couple of weeks when it's like a bit more stable, perhaps. Mm. Um, but yeah, a lot of the the mini games are very fun and silly. Um, there's a lot of variation in them. One of my favourites for silliness is there's a bunch of a bunch of rows of doors that you have to get through. Some of them are just solid and you can't get through them. Some of them Rude. will break if leapt at. And it's just a bunch of people running at doors going, I'm going to leap through this one. Oh, no. Oh, no, this is um, not the door. Like, tra- trying to stay just behind the, the head of the pack so you can be like, which do- which let other people do the diving. Which one's going to open? Which one- That one's open. Go, go, go. Um, let other people make the mistakes for me. Yeah. 
Uh, and having to make those decisions like, well, there's one doorway that is open out of three and everyone is trying to get through it and it's taking forever. Mm-hmm. Do I risk trying to bash another one and maybe save myself some time or maybe waste myself some time? Who knows? Suck it and see. Yeah. It's a fun little silly game. It mm-hmm. is... It's When you can get into games, it's well paced. Each game's like maybe three minutes long. Uh, it's all very silly and... It's got that kind of feel of something like Fortnite where I don't mind losing because very few people are going to win because it's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people thrown in and, you know, you sort of expect to to not win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? What have you played this week? Uh, we played other board games. Yeah, we did. What other ones did we play? Uh, we played Pandemic on the Ring. Yes, which is one of the expansions to the base pandemic. Yeah, because we like pandemic. We do like pandemic. Like a little bit of control in, in an actual <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, so do you want to tell everyone what the, the expansion is about? Um, well, there's lots of things in the expansion, not least the fact that there's loads of new characters you can add in. Uh, there is an extra epidemic card if you want to play. I think it's now up to eight. Ooh. You can make it super fucking difficult. Uh, or there is... Um, the Valuant Strain. Is that the one we did? The That's not the one we did. No, I can't remember which one um, we did. So oh. that, that, that one basically adds extra aspects to uh, an epidemic. Once yeah. you get one, you will have an ongoing effect that will mm. annoy you greatly for the rest of the game. Um, I think there's eight of those as well, so you yeah. can you can play that version. We played the uh, Mutation Strain. Oh, yes, with the purple cubes. With the purple cubes. Uh, so basically, you have uh, these two mutation cards that will sit in your discard pile. So at the beginning, not included. But as soon as you get your first epidemic, they get shuffled into all those little... Mm. Uh, places that are going to start causing problems. Yes, and basically every time one shows up, you take a card from the bottom of the deck and put a purple cube on. It could be any city, and, mm-hmm. you know, because you have... like they'll, They might pop up in, say, a blue city, and you might have eradicated uh, the disease in the blue cities, but oh, you're still going to have to go back there now because there's purple cubes there. Womp womp. Yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun playing with that. It was fun. There's also the um, mutation uh, events oh, in yes. the um, player deck. Mm-hmm. So rather than drawing like, oh, I got a nice event, like a one quiet night, so I don't have to do yeah. an infection phase this turn. Oh no! Now I just have if if there's like more than if if there's two purple cubes in one city. Then it gets another purple cube. Oh, good. Yeah, or so pick a card purple. from the bottom of the deck, and that place now has three purple cubes. Yay! Yay! Uh, we we still managed to win. We, we did. We weren't playing yeah. super difficulty. No. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I quite like that a lot of the added in characters that were added in with the expansion are seemingly ones from Pandemic Legacy Season 1. Yes. Which is it's quite nice to be able to be like, oh, I remember playing as that character. I remember that one. Yeah, I don't have to scrap them just because Season 1 is finished. Yeah, there was a few times when we were sitting there going, and and I take damage if I'm in it. No, no, that doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah, we, we had a couple of moments of confusion between Season 1 rules and regular Pandemic rules, because it's been a while since we've played the base game. Well, I don't think you and I had played it very much before we got into the we Legacy played, game. Like, we played like four or five games and we're like, we think we've got this. Yeah, and then Legacy. we played 24 games of Pandemic Legacy Season 1 and Season 2. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got real into the Legacy ones and we're like, oh yeah, we should probably go back to the base game at some <laughs> point. Now that we've run out of that <laughs> and Jane's sitting there thinking, what can I use all those cubes for? 
the the answer is I'm thinking about doing the print and play of Block by Block. Oh, uh, it's it's a great game. I missed the Kickstarter. I didn't yeah. miss the Kickstarter. I was in the Kickstarter, and then the day before the Kickstarter was due to finish, I realised that something uh, like a huge bill had come out that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, Possib- possibly my website. I yeah. was like, fuck, I'd f- completely forgotten I needed to pay for renewal on my website. I don't have 50 quid now. Yeah. Oops. Well, we can do a print and play then. Huzzah. And it, it needs loads of cubes and stuff. So We have lots of cubes. We do have lots of cubes. <laughs> and little buildings that we could use as barricades. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. Um, yeah, so I don't think those those things are going to go to waste. Yeah. Uh, what else have you played? Uh, you taught me to do a 5x5 five five Rubik's Cube. Yeah, I've I, tried before, but this time it's really stuck. Yeah, the first the first time you tried, um, I, I could barely get the doing the centres stage and got really frustrated, as occasionally happens when I try and learn new cubes, because I, I get into the frame of mind, I can't do it and I feel bad. Um, but this time it went real, went real well. Mm-hmm. Um, took me a little while to get sorting the final two um, centers yep. and uh, sorting the final two sides. Took a little bit of practice. Yeah, and I kind of, I still have to Google the algorithm for fixing the that one parity error. Throw in the boat. Um, but <laughs> I understand the the notation, how the notation works. So Yay. I can, I if I Google a thing and sit there for a minute, I can fix the parity error. Yeah. So I managed to solve the the five by five without any help from you. I did have to Google the parity error, but without any help. Otherwise, to be fair, it's like eighteen moves. Yeah. I mean, unless you're including the fact that a lot of them are like the same move twice. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not quick at it or anything. Um, but I'm getting you're there. About an hour. I I, I think less than that. About half an hour. Yeah. Seems to be my currently an attempt at the five by five takes about half an hour. Yeah, I, I timed myself the other day on the 7x7, seven seven and it's like 25 minutes, so that's, that's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of that time is spent, like, where the, there's too many cubes on here. Where, where the, are all these where fucking the fuck edge pieces? Where is the one remaining red and blue edge piece? Where the <laughs> fuck are you? It's a lot not of centre edge, a side edge. Yeah, the... Uh, d- doing the, the edge pairing takes, takes a long time, yep. like... I, I'm gonna need to practice to pick up speed on it, but I'm getting there. I understand the basic principles now. I mean, I don't think it's it's one that you really need to learn to do quickly. I mean, that's kind of what I like about the higher level yeah. cubes. Like, I never feel like I need to do them at any great speed. Yeah. Sometimes I'm, I'm just curious, like, how, how fast do I do that yeah. now? Just like, just roughly how long does it take to sit and yeah. fumble through these? Um, it doesn't help that recently I've been solving the 9 by 9 into a checkerboard pattern. Yes, you have. Which is really what difficult to wrap blowing. your brain around. Yeah. The main reason that I'm like, I would like to be able to do this in less than half an hour is if I happened to be solving it and someone was like, oh, let's see you finish it, then I'd be like, oh, oh no. Um, oh no, so much do you, pressure. Do you have half an hour? It's going to take me a while. It's going to take a while. I, this was this is not fun t- and you've now made yeah. it pressure. This is not the two minutes that it's going to take me to do a 3 by 3 This yeah. is considerably more work um but yeah i've been i've been doing five by fives yeah. and given about half an hour i can usually do one now it's just about <laughs> yeah it's got me looking at gigaminxes again it's like oh, what's no. a gigaminx um so you know i've got the uh the one with the hexagons on yes yes um, so it's basically a three by three but it's got 12 sides uh-huh so Imagine that, but a 5x5 five five that's got 12 sides. <laughs> and I'm like, I want one. I kind of want one. Do it. 
Do it. They're quite, they're quite expensive. Maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I will get one eventual. <laughs> ah. What, so, about you, what about you? What, what have you been playing? We played. We played another board game together. What did we play? We played zombies. Yes, yeah, a game. Exclamation marks. A game that we have played, uh, that we have never played before, even though we've had it since we moved in. Uh, yeah, I was lent it um, just before I went in for surgery. Yeah, so, so what, that like was January two thousand seven? Years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So some a, a good friend of mine was like, "I will come and distract you the night before your surgery," and has never asked for it back. I've I've offered it back more than <laughs> once. Just like, oh yeah, I've still got that game of yours. Do you want me to bring it back? No, don't worry about it. The and impression I, I, you get is that they uh, don't like don't it. Don't like it. I had fun with it. It was I good. Yeah. So it's a sort of. Uh, competitive zombie zombie fighting um, game on a procedurally built board made out of, of squares that you sort of lay down as you go. Yeah, so you have to make sure that the, the roads connect. Yes. So, like, if you've got, like, a, a four-piece, you can't put it against... That's going to end up basically being a wall on a, another side. Yeah, you can't put a piece down in such a way that one of the roads on it now leads to a brick wall and goes mm-hmm. nowhere. Um, it can take up a lot of space, this game theoretically, theoretically. yeah we, we we were considerate and we deliberately built our layout in such a way that it was as condensed as possible it, it, it gave us a little bit of space next to the board to have our our bits yeah and but like, we squoze it onto the and we do have yeah. a decently sized we did table. have to make a concerted effort to keep it compact I mean, I think as long as you you do that, yeah. rather than going, I'm just gonna keep going this way. Yeah, it, it has potential with with the wrong group of people to really sprawl. Yeah, I, I think it sprawls if you want it to sprawl. Otherwise, it's like a really cool puzzle. Yeah, yeah, it's like where can I find a place for this that won't go off the table? Yeah. Um. But yeah, you've got like little um. Environments like shops and things that will pop up that um, will have zombies in them. You roll the dice to see how far you can move. And basically it's, hey, you want to fight a zombie? Roll the dice. If you get a four or higher, you kill it. You can spend bullets to increase your number. So like, oh, I rolled a three. I'll spend one of my bullets to get that up to a four so that I kill it. Mm. Uh, And if you can't beat the number, you take a hit of damage and you keep going. You keep trying. Some of the, because uh, you get dealt like three cards. Yeah. There are opportunities to get more cards or dispose of cards to cycle through yeah. them. Some of those cards will have like, go to the, the lawn shop. Yeah. I think it's called lawn and something. Yeah. Um, or like, go to the skateboard shop. Go to the sco- skateboard shop and you can get, you can use this skateboard card, which will give you extra movement yeah. for the rest of the game. It's, it's real hard if you don't get, th- you were getting a lot of weapons for locations that didn't show up until very late in the game that weren't on the path we needed to be on. By the by the time we got <laughs> the like end point revealed, yeah. There was no point me spending the extra turns going to like yeah. the the um the garden centre to get the yeah. chainsaw. The the only one that, that was worth getting was me getting that skateboard because we had to go past the skateboard shop anyway and extra movement was pretty vital toward the end. Well, the only one I got that wasn't that was the, the gas station. There was a Molotov cocktail. Oh. I had the card and it was like, if you get this, you can go and get a... You can go to there and have a Molotov co- cocktail, which basically says that you roll extra damage on your current building when you use it. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, so I go to the gas station where I can use this 
and I can basically firebomb the other zombies. Yeah. And hopefully do more damage to them. Well, there, there was some... There, That's a bit of a waste. There were some weapons later on that didn't require you to go to locations. Like, I got yeah, those... Yeah, you got both shotguns. I got those limited-use shotguns that it's like, hey, add this many points to your roll every, every time you spend a bullet off of this shotgun. Mm-hmm. And that was... that. Those were... Those were nice. Um... Yeah, it's it, it it got real hectic towards the end because like any time you you die, you basically get sent back to the starting position with, with half like half of your zombies off. Yeah, half of your zombies gone because like you either have to get to this helipad or defeat twenty five zombies, and um, getting sent back to that starting point is like okay, the race is on. Get to that helipad. Get there. Get there. Get there. Get there. <laughs> we we had several rounds of us both being knocked out and like sprinting again. Yeah, and then I had that card that dragged you all the way back to the the town God, center. It was so close. We were within steps of each other. Yeah, yeah. You had that car that moved you like ten steps in a single turn. Yeah, I, I, the 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 car keys. I moved sixteen steps in a turn at one point because it's like double your movement plus I've got the skateboard plus I rolled really well. Yeah. Uh, we we had we just had a few turns ping ponging back and forth like push slightly further forward push slightly further forward and yeah it was fun yeah. it's a good it's it's an interesting game it's... I I have problems with the way the manual is written but sure yeah that there there are only he him pronouns in that yes as with so many board game instruction mm. booklets um and there was one card that is cited so many times in the instruction booklet but they don't explain the ruling to do with it yeah which was weird yeah because we 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 got to a point of like I have this card. Does it do what I think does it, it do does? Does it do what I think it does? Can we agree that it does this thing or yeah. agree that it doesn't do this thing? Yeah, because the instruction manual kept using it as an example but never clarified what it did. No. Uh, but like it was it was a lot of fun. It it had a very simple pace to it. Like there wasn't mm-hmm. there was never too many things to think about. It's be killing zombies, be trying to get good stuff. Oh, the helipad's there, guess we're heading there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, have you played anything else? Uh, did we play anything else together? We did a one shot of Polyamory. Oh yeah, we did. Which I don't know when it'll... News. I don't know how much we can say about it, because I don't know when it'll be going up. Um, We're going to try and get it up as like the next one we do a complete edit of. Yeah. So Becky's going to have to do her pass, which I imagine will probably be this week, which mm. means it won't be going up this week. Yeah, so we'll stay spoiler light on it, but we did a little Dungeons and Dragons uh, one shot yeah. in the Polyarmory universe. In the Polyarmory universe about 2,000 years ago. Ooh. Which will fill in a small amount of backstory. Yeah. Um, without saying much about it, I played a character who I had envisioned one way and the dice did not agree. <laughs> the the roll 20 violently disagreed with my characterization. <laughs> um so by the end of the narrative I made some wild choices because f- fuck it. How much worse could it get? <laughs> Meanwhile, other people were like, I'm just going to roll two crits in a row. Yeah, yeah, after getting... Oh, oh, those, like, three crits I had earlier, now I'm going to have a double back-to-back crit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Some people were much more highly favoured by Roll20 on that day. Yes, yes. <laughs> Roll20 has gone real wild on the botch and crits the last couple of months. It's weird. Um, yeah, we had a lot of very fun characterization. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever tried to DM five people for a podcast. Yeah, you did really well. Yeah. We 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 didn't have too many like oh, uh, uh, oh, talking over each other. Yeah, uh, voiceover voiceover internet issues. We did all right. Yeah, and it was it was nice to 
get on a podcast and chat to uh, Larry and Bethany again. Check out Humans on Rick News and yeah. Humans World. Uh, they are they are lovely ones. They are good humans. So yeah, that was a lot of fun, and you should check that out when it goes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's everything I've played. Is everything I've played as well? Well then, it's fine. For sorry this. for this. So we've uh, come up with an entirely new plan to try and keep everyone inside during the pandemic. Oh, tell me more, tell me more. Well, you know, a lot of people seem to have, over the last week or so, certainly, definitely within the last week, seem to be tweeting it like there isn't a pandemic at all, everything's fine, and, you know, the the numbers, although they're not being published all the time, still kind of going up. Still, still bad. Still, still bad, still going up, still a lot of deaths, some, some numbers started to head up, some parts of the country going back into lockdown. Yes, which really the whole country should be doing, probably. Yes. So what we've decided to do is make it so unbearably hot outside in the sun that literally people will catch fire if they leave the house. Oh, I see, I see. So literally make it impossible to leave the home under penalty of catching fire. Yes, we've basically turned the entire country into a baked potato. I mean... That will keep people inside. It, it will certainly keep them inside. I mean, and anyone who doesn't stay inside, that problem will solve itself. Yes, because the skin is where all the nutrients are. The skin is where all the being alive is. That, that too. I mean, the inside, very, very hot. So you, you, you stick it through, it's soft all the way through after they've been out in the sun for exactly. even and with, a second. With all of the outdoor cooling off places closed, wonderful idea. Absolutely. I'm glad you approve. So hopefully we can uh, stop the second wave. That's all right. We'll just turn the sun up right now. Right, where's the thermostat? Oh, no, we've been working on that for decades. Oh, I see what you mean. Hello everyone, and welcome to the News at Six. Today's special news report, ways to stay cool this summer. Firstly, try taking a cold bath or shower. As the the air hits you, it'll be refreshing and cooling. Next, why not try putting ice in your drink? It'll cool your drink down, technically by warming the rest of the room up. That's how convection works, apparently. Next, try wearing light clothing. The fewer layers, the better. And finally, Why not consider continuing to support Black Lives Matter with protests, signing petitions, and donating to bail funds? Because that would be pretty fucking cool to keep doing. Now, to Invisible Bob with the weather. Hello! So, what have you put in your eye meats? What have I put in my eye meats? I don't have my list up. I should should have my list up. Uh, Oh, we've been watching lots of Star Trek The Next Generation still. So much next gen. Oh, so much next gen. Um... We watched the season four finale two-parter. Um, f- fucking, th- there was there was a whole ass moment of Tasha Yar. Evil Tasha Yar. I I <laughs> I mean, it makes sense what they were doing, but I, w- I was like, just to bring back actual Tasha Yar. No. To bring bring Tasha Yar back. Rick Berman said no. Apparently so. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, we watched a really lovely early season five episode tonight that was about like language communication with very different language structures. Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. Yeah, there we go. You you got the thing. Apparently, that's a bit of a meme in the Star Trek community. It, it really is. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed the episode. I like I like science fiction stories about like, hey, here is a language. That is fundamentally different to any other language in how it functions, mm-hmm. which I really enjoy. 
Yeah, it was like the use of metaphor as language. Yeah, I'm trying to think if we've seen any other particularly good ones uh, stand out. Um, I mean, the main one would probably be the season finale. We yeah. saw... Um, uh, th- oh, no, I was going to say the, the Remember Me, but I think we mentioned that last week. Oh, we saw... Uh, we saw the uh, the episode with uh, La Forge and the oh, yes. him getting fucking brainwashed. That whole plot's going to come was, up again. That was fascinating and terrifying. I can't remember what film it is, but they use that idea in something else as well. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 been done in a few things. Um, yeah, it, possibly generations. They're yeah. they're spying on Geordie through his visor. Yeah, it. They did a real good job of making. Um, Direct into the brain, brainwashing, real fucking terrifying and mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And it was a hard watch, but a good watch. Yeah. What about you? What are you putting in your eyes? Oh, oh, what have I put in my eyes? Yeah, would well, you, you like to know? I would like to know. Um, well, there's a new, um, I was going to say Mabim Bam, but it's not. It's the other thing. It's the Adventure Zone. Yeah, it's it's right here next to me, Paddles. The, adven- the Adventure Zone comic book. Volume 3 is out. Yeah. It's a chunky tome for a tenner. Yeah, it is. That is a decently chunky bit, bit of book. I like it. I, I like a good value comic book, and the the Adventure Zone ones have definitely been good value. Yeah. yeah. It's The art, art is beautiful. The, the fan art in the back is incredible. Yeah. Um, it's really nicely adapted. Yeah. There are literally some bits that have just gone from this was an episode of doing something a bit clumsy to. It happens between chapters, <laughs> and and that's really all there is to it. They handled the uh, Hurley Sloan thing, yeah, quite nicely because I I think it's not it's it's not a secret. Like I've not read it, but it's not a secret that they they changed something about how they handled it. They didn't it. want to kill their gays. Yeah, because like for anyone who's not listened to the Adventure Zone, the D and D podcast, like they ran into a bit of a trope with kill your gays in their third arc and they sort of they sort of retconned it and fixed it in their final season but it still meant that for a large chunk of that narrative the only gay characters who had shown up were dead um which is uh, no it's not great but yeah you reckon they 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 did a good job with whatever um, they've done instead i think the way they did it th- I don't want to do too many spoilers. I don't think it's super changed from the original. Yeah. But the way it's presented, yeah. chronologically, rather than going, you're going to have to wait until the end when we're going to retcon the shit out of this. Yeah, because like, I've not read it, don't tell me whether I'm right or wrong, but I'm putting my guess out there, is that it still ends the way it did the first time, but there's a bit of a wink-wink, nudge-nudge of like, hey, they're actually okay and they're going to be back later. That's that's sort of the vibe I got, is like, hey, we're, we're not going to fundamentally change the events, but we're not going to leave you sat thinking yeah. they're, they're, they're dead for forever. For forever. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Th- yeah th- I, that is a, a fair and accurate um, appraisal of the situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice to do, and it's nice to see sort of how the, the different battle wackens were recognised. Yeah. So for, for anyone who's not listened to this, it was a D&D arc that was basically a Mad Max-style, um, like, battle race. Yeah, Death Race in the Desert. Yeah, Death Race in the Desert with all sorts of, like, themed vehicles. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... 
not obviously the, the whole of it. There, no. There's all the stuff about um, getting the, the thing to get the wagon running. Yeah. The initial one of them going to the Goldcliff Bank. Yeah. And then the the race itself yeah. and the aftermath following the race yeah. and but, then just the epilogue. Yeah. The, the race is the thing people think about for this arc. It's the thing that's like, ah, oh, it's that arc. Don't um, worry. Unicorn Dick still in there. <gasps> Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God the unicorn dick's still in there. Uh, oh, I mean, Garol! You get to see a, yes, a, a version of Garol. Yes, I get to see Garol, the amazing, wonderful unicorn. Bicorn. Uh, bicorn, yes. The the, the spectral bi- binicorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited to give it a read. All, all of the adventures and graphic novels have been real fun so far. They've, yeah. done, they've done a real good job of translating that podcast into graphic novel form. Without like fundamentally changing the dynamic between the players. Yeah, I mean the the things that have been cut out are quite understandable. The yeah. things where they've changed names because obviously they've used stuff from Cat, especially, especially in the first arc. They yeah. they use things from D and D canon. They use things yeah. very specifically from the starter box. Yes, yes. Season one was very. Uh, this is the the starter campaign. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's. It's gloss, it glosses over large chunks, but obviously Griffin's gone, I've used the name of this, I've used the name of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a little bit here and there has been avoided for that. Yeah. But, like, I think overall they've done a really good job of translating mediums yeah, so far, and I'm excited to read this one. Mm-hmm. What about you? Have you put anything else in your eye meets? Uh, yeah, I've put some more stuff in my eye meets. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was feeling nostalgic, so I went back and watched some old video reviews for... Um, various consoles when they were launching and sort of compared that to how people think about them now like years on after those consoles have been around a while Mm -hmm. so i went back and watched some some uh reviews of the wii u Mm -hmm. like the the uh the xbox 360 ps3 the the wii the Mm -hmm. ps4 xbox one um the wii u stuff was like real real fascinating in that a lot of reviews definitely nailed the fact that, like, hey, this is a really cool piece of tech that not even Nintendo seems to know quite what they want to do with. Um, Which never stopped being the case, huh? Yeah, because, like, uh, I, I'd forgotten until I rewatched. I think I was watching Polygon's video review for the Wii U, that the two launch games Nintendo had for that system both were completely diametrically opposed in how they tried to use the system. Mm-hmm. It was New Super Mario Bros. U., which the only thing it did with the Wii U gamepad was, you can play it on the tablet screen. It did nothing, it made no other use of it. And Nintendo Land, which is 100% about, there is something on the TV screen happening, and there is something totally different happening on the controller. And Nintendo never really decided which of the two they wanted to do. And, like, yeah, it was real interesting watching watching impressions on that. Um, other than that, it was it was really interesting watching, like, PS3 and Xbox One um, coverage particularly, like consoles that had a real rough time of it for a while, but that were technically the more powerful boxes when they launched. Mm. Um, it was very interesting seeing like, hey, this is a really powerful box and like, oh, well, we got to wait and see what's going to come out for it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that was sort of the problem. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just got nostalgic and watched a bunch of old uh, console reviews. Cool. I understand you also watched a whole bunch of adverts today. Oh, yeah, let's... So I tried to watch um, season four of Haikyuu, which is that volleyball anime that I like quite a lot. 
all the, the the kids are going to go to the nationals and uh, oh maybe they're going to win will the short kid be able to do a really big jump and hit the ball really fast um so the one legal place to watch Haikyuu, like you can watch the first few seasons dubbed on um on Netflix but season 4 is currently only available on Crunchyroll which is basically the place you go for watching like stuff that has just aired in Japan that is subtitled only right now that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and they have a paid service for like seven quid a month, but for free, you can watch all of their content. I think it goes up like a week later than it would for, for paid customers. Uh, and the only the only catch is a couple of times an episode, you have to watch some adverts. And I'm like, I don't mind that. That is a way for me to legally consume uh, content. And I, you know, I'll, I'll do that. I, you know, I won't go and pirate it if there's a legal way for me to yeah. consume it. Um... The problem is, and this has been a consistent issue for Crunchyroll for years, and if you Google this issue, there are entire threads where Crunchyroll... Yeah, it's like, oh, I asked Crunchyroll about this. They were like, sorry, no one has ever had a fix for it. Sometimes adverts will just play infinitely. Just, just literally infinitely loading adverts. Usually, start the episode, you'll get one advert, that's totally fine. You'll have up until like the opening title crawl starts... And the adverts after the opening title crawl will just go on forever and ever. And you can refresh the page, you can try and skip past, nah, just infinite adverts. So I tried like four different web browsers and eventually found that with Microsoft Edge, I could get through the infinitely loading adverts if when an advert came up, I turned it to eight times speed. Which seemed to shock the advert and to go, oh, what the fuck just happened? And let me continue the episode. It was frustrating. I can imagine. Like, I don't mind watching, I don't mind watching like four or five adverts to be like, okay, that's my, that's my payment fee. Let's keep watching. But like, there were seriously moments in that process of trying different browsers where I was like, I mean, it would be easier to just pirate it. It would be easier. Mm. I, I mean, I don't want to. It's here, legally, for free, right here. Just let me watch it, Crunchyroll. Yeah. Yeah, so that was frustrating. But I very much enjoyed watching the episodes once I got them playing. Um, I hadn't I hadn't watched any in a few months, and they've seemingly stopped making episodes in Season 4 at the moment, maybe because of COVID stuff. Because yeah. um, it seems to end just like... Cur- or maybe it's a mid-season hiatus, but it currently stops, like, mid, mid-story, mid but... A hiatus. Oh, but yeah, they, the volleyball boys are continuing to do fun, good volleyball. This is very tense and it's very exciting. And I love my volleyball children. Yay! They're very, very good volleyball children. Yay! They're very precious. <laughs> uh, have you watched anything else? Uh, no, that is all of the things. Well then, time for this. <gasps> Lara, Lara, you've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you want to watch unlimited anime? Yeah, I do. With paid and free tiers. That works really well for me. Do you want to watch for free so long as you can avoid being hit by our anime-themed special attack? What's that special attack? It's like a Kamehameha of advertising. Oh, no. It's an infinite advert beam. Oh, no, that sounds real bad. That sounds like it's going to get in the way of me watching your anime. Yeah, but infinite adverts. You'll be paying for the entire service. By watching all of these adverts just for hours and hours and hours and then. Yeah, but what if I want to spend my time watching anime? You could pay for the ad-free version. Yeah. 
Or you could do a special attack back at us. Oh no! What? 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 By entering the the, the discount code Q and PS whatever this episode number is one thirty, I believe. Oh fuck, one thirty. Yeah. QPS one thirty to do an attack back and maybe get some kind of shield that will protect me from the infinite adverts. Yeah, use your Dragon Balls or something. Just <laughs> <laughs> someone who's never watched fucking Dragon Ball. So you get a finite number of adverts <laughs> on offer return for your first two weeks. Two weeks where I get finite adverts. Finite adverts. Like, think about that. Imagine yeah. that. Also, to your point before, Dragon Balls would help. You can use them to make a wish. I could wish for not infinite adverts. That's how they work. You wish for finite adverts for I two could... weeks. Yeah, with the, the Q and PS so 130 The code. true Dragon Balls was the Q and PS 130 we made along the way. <laughs> In very high gravity on a small planet. Yeah, so you know some Dragon Ball I've literally things. seen one episode. <laughs> I'm not even sure I watched all of that. That's the that's Crispy Roll. Check out Crispy Roll for, for a finite number of free adverts. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. 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 How's uh, how's business going? Business, it is, uh, well, it is It is going really well. We, we've, uh, I think we've got past a lot of the issues of our internal issues. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, everyone seems to have the garden. We had our couple of weeks. Everything's fine now. Yeah, that is all past. We brought out a new game. We did, a, we did a very shiny We put the girl game. in, the girl character in the trailer for the thing, and that got us some goodwill. Yeah, I mean, people like girls. Yeah, so. yeah. Summon, summon, summon. Apparently. Yeah, I mean, although that does kind of bring me to my point. Oh, um, okay, okay. Yeah, so it turns out that, um, you know, some of them like girls, mostly just the girls. Um, but we we have noticed that, uh, like, a lot of our staff are being bullied for decisions we've made. I mean, we're not getting bullied for them, well, so why do we care? Well, exactly. Uh, I mean, I am all for them just, you know, just being a, a meat shield yeah, for exactly. us. I mean, that's, we, we pay them, right? Yeah, that's, that's what we pay them for. I think that's what we pay them for. I mean, there's other stuff too, but I, we pay for the privilege of whipping them and, you know, give them a place to cry. You know, they have yeah. a job here. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't have jobs, but we are getting a lot of pressure from certain areas to um, <coughs> support them. Ugh. Yeah. I mean... What is literally the least amount of support we can do and still technically say we did something for them? Uh, solemn JPEG? Nah, I feel like we gotta do something, you know, we've got, we gotta go one step above Solemn JPEG. Right, um... Because we always do Solemn JPEG. Yeah, yeah. Something I mean, visible, what... physical and tangible. Whoa. I know. Um, oh, uh, how about a coupon for a free donut from the staff canteen? I mean, only we can afford to eat there, right? Only the execs. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, like, you know, the, the day that those coupons are active, we'll make sure that we put the real shitty donuts out. Yeah, like the stale ones from the week before. Yeah, exactly. But like, they'll get their donut yeah, and they'll, then they'll be happy yeah. and they'll stop, you know, complaining to HR about us who seem to be leaking stuff to the press more and more. Uh, I think you've got a great idea there. Yeah. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, what has slithered into your ears? Ah, uh, you should probably tell me because you have the list of everything we listened to I, this week. Well, I, I have the list of the highlights. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> we were supposed to be at a festival this weekend. Yeah, and that didn't happen. Understandably. Yeah. So mm. we stayed at home. We listened to a lot of music. Yeah, you you had time off work, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll get to, I'll take some time off too, and we'll we'll have a little mini festival at home. Yeah. 
So we listened to a lot of music. I made little sign. Yeah. I I cooked like noodles and soup in the in the camp <laughs> in the, the, the camping stove. Yeah. And we we just had a few days of dancing and being very silly. Yeah. We even did a bit of laughter yoga. Yeah, we did. Very good. Very good. Yay. Very good. Very good. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a weird way to start a morning. I mean, it wasn't a bad way to start the morning, even, no, even if this strange. particular laughter yoga lady was a little bit creepy. Yeah, there was something very intense. Yeah, yeah. Like about when we... someone who's just going to laugh at you for 20 minutes. Yeah, it, laughter yoga was a lot less weird doing it a year ago at that festival when... With a group of people. There was a big group of people and the person hosting it was like... Was more self-aware of how, like, oh yeah, no, this is going to be weird. We got to fight through the weird. Yeah, I think that would probably help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what what did we listen to? So we spent most of uh, Friday listening to uh, lots of of rock. Yeah, uh, I listened all the way through uh, Green Day's um, American Idiot <gasps> yes. album. We listened to a decent amount of My Chemical Romance. We got we, we found an emo uh, emo playlist that was just things like, um, oh gosh, what, there, there was a lot of Aiden on there. Uh, yeah, something whoever, I'd never heard of. Before. Whoever made it clearly had a couple of bands they really liked, and they were like, okay, well we'll have one of this, one of this, six Aiden tracks. Yeah, we got we got some Fallout Boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it it was a fun day yeah. of just just like some rock and emo. Just we had we had some Evanescence at one point and made fun of <laughs> made fun of the man screaming, "I can't wake up! I can't wake up! I mean, my mom's cat." <laughs> and and the whole metaphor of Amy's falling off the building, and and he's he's holding her up. It's like oh, it's a whole thing for the record industry. <laughs> They're gonna let her fall unless this man is allowed to help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so we started Saturday with some drum and bass, uh, Rockman Computers. Oh yeah, yeah, which is um, I think they're French. Um, yeah, then we moved on to uh, Dutty Moonshine and JFB Movia, which mm-hmm. I think was Glitch Up. I can't remember what all of the genres were for all <laughs> of these. Uh, Ultimate Planetarium. Um, wow, that's all of the first section. <laughs> So many, so many music. Uh, Pat Farrell, Kin Kinachu, uh, the Josh Green and Danny Lawrence remix, which I think was trance. Uh, Swang, shake that thang, uh, which was uh, electro swing. Asterix, acid rocker was pretty sure that was trance. Uh, Slambery, Cheeky Peepers. Ah, oh, Slambery. Uh, I love but is a Slambery. Uh, Mori Candy, Yaki Yaki, the Hard Floor remix. Oh, Yaki Yaki. It's it's traditional now. Yeah, you've got to put on some Yaki Yaki. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maddox, Feel Good, back to the drum and bass. Mm-hmm. You make me feel good. Uh, Crafty Cuts, Feel Like Jumping the Crossbow remix, which I believe is Breaks. Uh, Afrojack and Shamanology, Can't Stop Me Now, the Matrix and Future Bound remix, which is a really uplifting drum and bass track. <sighs> You can't stop me now. You can't stop me now. Uh, Vibe Tribe and Spade Music People, the Mickey Noise remix, which is really upbeat trance. Very positive. Uh, Transglobal Underground, Emotional Yo-Yo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love a bit of Transglobal Underground. Yeah. Seen them? We, 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 we know that you love a bit of them. <laughs> it's like... Dragged you across a, a field yeah. last year. Yeah, last last year we were at this festival doing a walk around and like James I was like, I'm not feeling. I'm feeling a bit over social. I'm feeling yeah. a bit much, and, and 
Uh, I think I'll just stay out here and, and, and have finish this drink and, and look out across the fields. And then I heard a track playing from the main tent. I was like, come on, we're going. He's like, what about the rest of the world? No, it's Transgrown Underground. We have to go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise they were playing live. <laughs> I just thought, it's that track. We have to go and dance to that uh, temple head. And then there, there the they were. And there they were. And... Good gravy, that tent. That, that tent, that that mm, that was quite a smell to walk into. Uh, yeah, it smelled like someone had set fire to the crop. <laughs> uh, Spectrum, Supernova. Uh, that's S-P-E-C-T-R-E-M. Again, really good upbeat drum and bass. Um, a doxy on Wii was dubstep. That was quite cool. Uh, uh, Siren's Call, the de- devil swing. A bit more electro swing there. Now we get the big list. <sighs> Oh, the big list. Oh, the big list. Oh. Uh, Crystal Fighters, Love a Light. Mm-hmm. The Culture Shock remix. It's just, just like, it's just so upbeat and bouncy. <laughs> it's one of those songs that whenever I think about it, I remember two friends from a rave I regularly used to go to who just always managed to dance perfectly in sync. Ooh. Like, with no like preset conversation, with you know no plans. They didn't dance together like at other times. It was just, they were just perfectly in sync. They were just vibing. Uh, Metric featuring Shock One resonates. Oh, yeah. Another beautiful upbeat track. Um, <laughs> uh, Dinday and Kronfeld, Mr. Trumpet. Oh, Mr. Trumpet. <laughs> I can't even explain Mr. Trumpet. It was all about how to... There, there's uh, all these lyrics in it about how to play the trumpet. A man telling you about how to do the mouth, the mouth thing to play the trumpet. <laughs> His and trumpet see how, lesson. how his lips, yeah. oh, the red part of his lips is within the cup. Yeah, the, his entire lesson is you put the red bit of your lips within the cup and then he starts doing a trumpet solo. I'm like, oh, you skipped some steps. And sir. then you play like this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Cool. I feel like we missed lessons like two and three in the middle. <laughs> no, it's all about getting your lips in the cup and blowing and everything else is easy. <laughs> uh, Fox Stevenson, double up. Wonderful bit of dubstep. Ooh, Flux P- Pavilion, the international anthem. This international anthem. This international anthem. <laughs> <laughs> good, good dubstep. Ooh, uh, Charlie and Combs, harmonica boy. This one was not about teaching us to play the harmonica. <laughs> it did have some very upbeat harmonica it in it did. that made me laugh. It did. I haven't saved it, but do you remember the trap track that was like clearly trying to be dubstep oh, and the it one kept that's... going disco he kept going drop disco <laughs> <laughs> like uh, friend I am a big fan of disco <laughs> that ain't it chief. every time they dramatically <laughs> shouted disco we just disco. broke into laughter <laughs> <laughs> he's just so serious he's like disco <laughs> uh, yeah I'm trying to I think it might have been a Steve Aoki track oh. and I was just sitting there going dude did someone like bet Steve that he could get some? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do like I'll do a track, yeah, and I'll get I'll get some I'll get some uh, dubstep. Everyone will like that. I'll get some really good beats in there. People will like that. Can you get disco in it? I can get disco in it. <laughs> can you get disco in it? Disco, bam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not a good track. <laughs> it was a it was a hilarious track. It was hilarious, but <laughs> it was good in a hilarity sense. Yeah, not good to dance to. Uh, Step catch it a bug. Uh, a bit more uh, glitch hop slash electro swing. Uh, Tantrum desire by Genesis. Mmm, that was good. Oh, General Levy, highest grade. <laughs> <laughs> if the truth be told, no. 
That's gentleman's dove glove. Ah, that's that's, that's the other. That's only high grade. Ah, that's only high. I'm oh, sorry. Yes, this is highest grade. This is highest grade. Highest grade. Ah, yes, sorry. This is the highest grade. <laughs> Different <laughs> highnesses of grade. Yeah. See, the gentleman's dove glove will be happy with with just the high grade. Yeah. General we... Levy. He's been around a while. He yeah. Knows... High grade. That's not good <laughs> enough. It has to be the highest. Uh, pendulum. Fasten fasten your seatbelts. Uh, a track that periodically I hear and go, that's a banging tune, and then completely forget what it's called and who it's by. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's a banging tune. Who's it by? Pendulum, of course it is. Uh, yeah. That was your <laughs> uh, exact of, response. Of course it's fucking Pendulum, pendulum. of course it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, high contrast emotional vampire, absolutely beautiful bit of drum and bass. Mm. Uh, I, d- I did a whole music uh, analysis on that for my music. Theory, yeah. of course. Uh, Nina Simone, Feeling Good, the Bass Nectar remix. Oh, oh that tune is so good. Oh, it is the greatest tune. It's so good. <laughs> I love that tune. It is such a good tune. Nina Simone has such a good voice. She does have a good voice. And she was an absolute badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need more Nina Simones in this world. Yeah. Is that is that the whole list? Uh, that is the whole list. Well then, I think that's everything we listened to. Thank you for rattling that all off. All right. Well, it's time for this. Time for this. Do you know a podcaster in your life? Mm-hmm. Well, make sure during this recent heatwave to check in on your local podcaster and make sure they're properly hydrated. They sit in hot rooms with shut windows and no fans. Why not crack their window a little and reassure them? It's okay if this week has a little background audio. Your safety is more important. Make sure they take frequent water breaks between segments. And don't let them record for too long without a break. This has been a health and safety announcement on behalf of the Podcasting Association. Every day, rubbernecking journalists are cashing in on human misery. Whether it's migrants on sinking boats, poverty porn, or another lazy bigoted article about trans people's rights to exist. You might look at these people and go, fucking hell, where's your humanity? That's why we've developed Compassionol. It's specially developed by caring scientists to develop the parts of the brain that control compassion, empathy, and a sense of connection to fellow human beings. It costs just 20 pence a day to sponsor a soulless bastard, and in as little as a month, you'll see a genuine caring person who sees harm in the world and fights to end it, rather than mocking it in a global and national media. Compassional. Because the world is hard enough without these bile-spewing tossers. Question time! Let's have the questions! What's the questions? If you... Uh, sorry, Lucy Nevins asks... If you were going to have a band named after a food, what food would it be and what music would you play? Oh, oh, um... <sighs> the first thing that came to mind was Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I don't know why. I feel like Flamin' Hot... It's like, that's... that's a, uh, that, that, that sounds like Surfer Rock. Yeah. We're the Flaming Hot Cheetos. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, that's the only food that comes to mind. That I'm like, yeah, you can make a band name out of that. Sing about surfing. <laughs> What about you? You got a couch. You got a food in mind to make a band name out uh, of? Oh, um, um, electric calzone. <laughs> and we're high. We're electric calzone. We're gonna play some, uh, some, some, some soft punk. 
We're very, very angry about a lot of things, but also we want to be kind and nice to people, which is about the most punk thing you can be. Yeah. Uh, Samuel West asks, Is there any pattern to when you do credit readings on the show, and do you still do them anymore? It occurs to me that if I time things right, I might be able to credit Snark on Queer and Pleasant Strangers and Dice Funk in a single month. Oh, I see, I see. Trying to trying to game the system by changing names at the right time. I haven't done one for a while, and I really should get back to them. Um, to be to be fair, I think that was about the time I started streaming twice a week. Yeah, and everything in my brain turned to mush for months on for nearly a year. Well, that's <laughs> and now that that's stopped, I will do I will do my better duties. Your Tuesdays are now a bit freer, and you've got a bit more brain space. Yeah. Basically, my patreons uh, at every level get like, here is a thank you. So yeah. base level for a dollar, you get like a basic thank you. For two, uh, for like uh, five dollars, you get a personal thank you that I will write you, Yay. and I'll go a bit more into general niceness and positivity for you. Mm. For ten dollars a month, you can get early access to queer and pleasant strangers, and I will send you a nice thank you. And for a hundred dollars a month, you will get one picture that I will design for you. Ah, uh-huh. um, and also you'll get early access to queer and pleasant strangers and all the other stuff. Is, and a thank you. Is there a if if and when you you get back to doing those credits on queer and pleasant strangers? Is there a particular day that you tend to go? I'll look at the list and see who who the patrons are. Um, I tend to look at them after they've all cleared. Yeah, so that'd be the, the what like the, the fifth. The first Tuesday after the 5th? I would imagine so. Yeah. So if you're going to try and game the system, I'm pretty sure that Austin checks exactly on the 5th. Yes. So maybe if you change your name on, say, the 6th, you might just be in the window to, to double snark. Um, yeah, because as of the 5th, you will have, like, a list of who's paid out. Yeah. I don't know if it will automatically update when you, mm. because you're invited by Patreon to output it as a CSV file. Yeah. So you can look at it. I don't know if it's going to show you what your current name is or what the name was on your receipt. I don't yeah. think it will let you... Well, that that's a thing to test. You can suck it and see. I yeah. will happily help that out if, if you want to donate. If you want to try changing it to a Queer and Pleasant Strangers specific joke on the 6th, you'll find out on the following Queer and Pleasant Strangers episode if it changes it in the back end. Ooh. If you can, If you can game the system. Or, you know, if you just want to message me with a different name. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm willing to take requests for some Patreon money. <laughs> uh, Hayley Snaney asks, uh, What's a secret so deep and personal you would never share it, especially not on a podcast? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Oh, yeah, I, I, I have one. Ain't sharing it here. Nope. <laughs> Uh, but because it's a big old secret that I would never share on a podcast, funnily exactly, enough. right? But like, so a thank you. Well done for trying to trick us. Well, well done for, for, for trying. Mm. He, 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 no, lookingly knows at each other. Mm. I, don't, I don't know what mine is. I mean, my, mine's clear. Yeah, I don't know what mine is. Though. <laughs> What's mine? Oh, 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 I know what mine is. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Snails, great or perfect? Uh, perfect. Uh, what powers would a superhero or villain themed around your favourite animal have? Oh, um, mm. ah, uh, you're putting me on the spot because I have to have a, I have to pick one favourite animal now. A sonic healing purr. Um, the ability to leap over entire buildings based on a rabbit doing hops. Hoppity hoppity hoppity. hoppity. Oh. 
Well, I mean, just like unbearable cuteness. No. <laughs> it does a little hoppity and then just a little twitchy nose and then maybe eats like a giant carrot. Yeah. And then everyone's just head explodes from over cuteness. That's 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 my superhero power now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are the bun bun. <laughs> uh, what's something you were scared to do for a long time in transition? And what is it like when you finally did it? Uh, swimming. Scared to go swimming for a long time. And then surgery happened, and then I wasn't scared to go swimming. And I'm very, I'm very good. I love swimming. Yeah, I think swimming's probably my one as well. Even like it was still a good two, three years, two years after surgery that I finally went swimming because yeah. you dragged me along. I, I as soon as I was healed up, I was like, right, I'm going swimming. I'm doing Getting it. Getting in the pool. Getting in the pool. This bitch sanitized. Yeet. <laughs> as soon as I was confident that like. Exercise wasn't going to make me pass out or, like, I wasn't going to bleed in the pool or something. What is the sexiest crime? Um. Being gay. Being gay. Doing <laughs> smooches. Uh, Basin asks. Huh? It's just Basin. Basin, Basin. isn't back anymore. <gasps> I mean, Basin is back. I guess Basin has been back for a while. Now <laughs> Basin is here. Basin is here. Basin is here. Hi, Basin. Um, which is your favourite beetle? Alternatively, which is your favourite beetle? Um, Different spellings. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the beetles that have the big sort of like uh, looks like a spade on the front of them. So we've got a, like a... I can only think of one beetle. I like stag beetles. Oh, stag beetles are pretty. Oh, right. you're thinking of the one with the like the little horny bit, and it sort of yeah, it's sort of like a a, sort of like a pitchfork almost. I, yeah. I think I know the one you mean. Yeah, they are cool. Beetles. They're pretty cool beetles. They are pretty cool beetles. Uh, <laughs> scarabs, scarabs are cool. Yeah, beetle bogs. They're pretty cool beetles. Big, big bad beetle bogs. Big bad beetle bogs. They're right. pretty cool beetles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Omega on the Saint asks, "What's your favorite Beatles album?" Sergeant Peppers, mm. maybe. Um, I it's it's a compilation album. It's the red one. I think oh. it's the red one or the blue one. I can't remember which. Yeah. I was a child. I used to hang out at my friend's house and we'd get very drunk, and and listen to the blue album and the red album on repeat. And one of yeah. them I liked better. Which everyone's got paperback writer on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ellie Snaily asks, how overrated are the Beatles? Perfectly or greatly? <laughs> um, for every for every great track they have, they have several absolutely terrible ones and problematic members. Yeah, they have the people in the Beatles are not great. Nope. And like, they're one of those bands that are easy to look at as a classic decades later because we cherry pick the stuff we listen back to. Like, there's a lot of real crap in their back catalogue. Queen's a bit like that. Yeah, like. I remember as a kid going, I love Queen, I love listening to Queen, because I had Queen's Greatest Hits 1 and Queen, Queen, Queen's Greatest Hits well, 2. This is it. And then I went to a friend's house and they were like, oh, you like Queen's, do you? What album do you like? And they had every single album, all of the singles. Yeah. It's like, uh, 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 um, uh, oh, the, the, the Flash Gordon OST. <laughs> I don't like that one very much, it's not great. Um... <laughs> Uh, Alice the Gayest Dungeon Owl, which is a fucking incredible name. That's a name. great name. <laughs> are mushrooms tasty? If so, which ones are the best? If they're not tasty, they're very, very bitter, but they are fucking amazing. <laughs> what? I mean, what? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're on about, and I definitely don't agree with you. 
Um, now, I'm not a big fan of, of fungus generally. I find yeah. them like weirdly fleshy textured. I, I'm not a fan of the texture of mushrooms. I will occasionally make exceptions if I'm not having them for the taste. Yeah. Becky <laughs> uh, <laughs> Two Hill. Becky Two Hill's not naming her. Hello, Becky. We love you. Uh, what did you do today? Bullshit answers only. Uh, uh, definitely didn't melt. I overthrew capitalism. Uh, I took control of the games industry. I make the video games now. They're all gay. I drew several penises on Donald Trump's face in Sharpie. He um, is trying to spin this as a good and positive thing that he did himself. Um, I solved everything. Everything? Yeah, I solved everything. I, I, Including that Rubik's Cube over there. Yes. That that's it in its new solved state. Oh, I, I solved it into that pattern. Oh, <laughs> I've just realised that despite all the time, that Gundam still only has legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I was that was so much hope. You know what? Saturday I might sit and make yeah. it in the living room. We had too many other living room festival things to do. Oh, no, we had too many activities. Yeah, the time that I would have spent building that Gundam was five by five Rubik's cube oh, time. No, sorry. That's okay. I learned to do a 5x5 five five cube. Uh, Tricky asks, looking back, what is the best bootleg anything that you've enjoyed? Ah, uh, I still absolutely love the uh, the bootleg of that one My Chemical Romance show I went to in It Must Have Been... Uh, it's whatever year... Uh, it was just before Danger Days came out. They played at the Hammersmith Apollo. And it... It was early enough before Danger Days that, like, we knew Na 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 existed, and I think Sing... But like the rest of the album wasn't out, and they played a couple of songs at that show that hadn't been like put out as singles or on the album yet, and like that was a hell of a fucking show. And I found a good bootleg of it, and I fucking watched that thing like once a week for a good six months. Nice. It's a good fucking bootleg. Mm-hmm. What about you? Oh, do you remember those um, uh, Mario Kart eight? Deluxe amiibo cards I ordered oh, off of eBay. Yeah, they were great. The art on those is incredible. <laughs> the art is hilarious. I remember <laughs> Luigi being real weird. Uh, Luigi's really weird. Wario just looks like some builder. <laughs> um, yeah, they're all really fucking weird. Yeah, a lot of them don't look anything like their characters, and it's great. Like they're wearing their that somebody else's clothes, but it's like the stunt doubles, <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing, and I love it. Uh, Larry Elling NB asks, um, must everyone enjoy this modern rice? Must everyone enjoy what, sorry? This modern rice. Um, I mean, I enjoy modern rice. Rice is, they've not ruined rice in the last few years. I, I still so. enjoy I, rice. I hear they're washing it now. Yeah, yeah. I'm cooking it properly. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Fancy Wookie asks, given the weather is horrendously warm, what is the best frozen treat from the corner shop? Ah. Oh. It's ice poles, isn't it? Uh, a, 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 I, I won't, I'll never say no to just a calippo. A is just a fancy ice pole. I know, but it's it's they're um they're a slightly different texture and they're a lot like the they have f- more actual fruit and less yeah. just water. The 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 flavour runs consistently through them. You're not going to suck all the flavour out by sucking them. Yeah, on I don't them. think I've ever sucked all of the the juice out of a, a calippo. Uh, yeah, I've exactly. Done that with ice poles. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the fancy calippo. Mm-hmm. the fancy ice pole. Yeah, up. just enjoy the fancy <laughs> Yeah, just frozen, frozen fruit liquid. Yeah, mm. yeah, Any, anything to cool down. Ah, oh, 
Yeah, uh, and also something you can hold that it's not going to drip on you. Yeah, it's essentially drinkable slush, and that's great. Oh yeah, because you squish yours, don't you? Yeah, I squish them until they're they're slush and it's drink them. An orange slush. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah. I like the the lemon ones, the lemony lime ones. Oh yeah. I'm a favourite. Yeah. Abstract Slug asks, what's your favourite Gundam slash Mecha series? Oh, um... <laughs> favourite me- Mech series generally? I really like Gurren Lagan, Which is a, a Mech series where the main Mech has a big drill on its hand and there's a there's 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 a there's a phrase from it about the, the drill that's going to pierce the heavens and it's real, it's real intense. It's real oh, cool. Oh, heck. I... Can't think of many mech animes that I've seen apart from uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> yeah, um, that was all right. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was my favourite, and it's the only one I can think of that I watched. T Gorman eighty three asks, "Why is it that in certain species in the Mario games, Yoshi's, Birdos, Toads, and Goombas, etc., the vast majority of the members who of those species don't have individual names, and only a select few do?" Hmm. Because there's only so many... Most of them have pun-related uh, species names and there's only so many individual pun names you can you can come up with. I thought it was because, um, according to Origami King people, they'd said that you weren't allowed to oh, yeah. do new stuff with Mario people. Uh, as, as of now, that is the case, but that doesn't explain like the last few decades of... Every toad is called Toad. I, I feel like maybe that was simmering under the surface. No, well, no stop naming them. If, if, stop calling that one Toadette. Stop gendering the toads. No. Yeah, uh, honestly, I think it's because most of them, they can't be bothered to come up with a personality for. So they're like, we're going to call you all Toad. Because if we give you an individual name, we have to characterise you. And that's a lot of work. Some of you might get a hat and therefore be a completely different character. Yeah. You are a captain now. You have a hat. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how that works. Uh, Winsmith asks, what's the best type of cat? Smudge. Smudge. Also the Rainbow Battle Links, Sonomington yeah. Paulsworth. Also generally, I love black cats. And mm. I know like they there's like they get adopted far less than other cats. Uh, black great. British Bengals. Uh, yeah. like um Sherlock. Yes, cat. yes. Uh, be- like that sort of beautiful short hair, they're all sort of velvety and mysterious. Yeah. Um, yeah, very cute cats. Mm. Um, and also least adopted and need the most love, and therefore Indeed. I would like to adopt a partially sighted three-legged black cat, because I, they are the least adopted. Well, one day, if we are in a position where we do not have a cat in the home, I am on board with this cat uh, adoption plan. No, no cat, on, on, only extra cat. Yeah. Yeah. No, no cat. Michael asks, uh, what genre would your life be if it was an anime? Oh, um, it would be, like, one of those slice-of-life animes that's about someone's career. So, like, mine would be, like, a writing-themed slice-of-life anime. Lots of dramatic shots of me at a, at a keyboard and, like, ah, finally hit word count and every, like, dramatic slow-panning shots of a screen with words being typed. I think mine would be one of those like really surreal ones, like Psyche K. Yeah, just like weird shit happens and no one quite knows why, <laughs> including me. <laughs> uh, David Devlin asks, if you could bring one game mechanic into the real world, what would it be? Oh, um, save points or fast travel. 
infinite money, I'm going to fuck up the economy. <laughs> I was like, you get infinite money, you get infinite money, don't worry, I've got infinite money, so I can just give everyone infinite money. What's that? Money doesn't matter anymore. Billionaires are fucked. <laughs> nice. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I, I've been sitting on that for a couple of hours. <laughs> uh, Dr. Plushington Snugglesworth Esquire asks, what was your favourite cartoon as a kid? Oh, Pokemon. Pokemon! I was obsessed. Transformers. I was obsessed. Also, I really liked Care Bears. Grumpy Bear uh, was my favourite. It's Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! with the two. I didn't have Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! when I was a child. <laughs> well, I did when I was a child. Oh, I'm very glad. <laughs> uh, uh, T-Money asks, If 1 plus 1 equals 1 on a bun, how is the answer still 42? Because forty two is the answer to the in the life the universe, life the universe and everything. That is the correct answer. Yeah. Uh, also, I believe that's an Ed Ed and Ed and Eddie, Eddie reference. Ah, well, mm, that is all of the questions. Well then, time for this. Oh. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you doing? Oh, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. You know, apart from melting, I am literally oh, melting. I am literally basted in my own. Uh, I, I can feel it trickling yeah, down my spine. It's unpleasant in it. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, uh, you been up so much? Are you doing all right? Uh, you know, coping. Still coping. Still, in, still in, in the cope zone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been, I've been, I've been thinking this week. Yeah. And doing that thing, what I do, where yeah, I think about yeah. things. Uh, you've been uh, paying much attention to what's going on with the uh, the US Postal Service. Well, uh, I mean, it's of all the things that I do catch news about, I feel like I am the least informed about this. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I get the, as I understand it, that it's being defunded and there yeah. are being deliberate moves made to make the service look as shitty as possible. It's almost yeah. like the Tories running the NHS. Indeed, indeed. That is a really good comparison to what is happening. Basically, uh, the US Postal Service runs at a financial loss. It, it is not a it is not a for-profit business. It is something that is run as a public service. And yeah. much like the NHS, it costs money to run, but, you know, you shouldn't be looking at that as like, oh, it's it's losing money. No, it's spending money to provide a service. And yeah. that, that service is providing cheap and effective and timely posts to all of America. Yeah. Um, very specifically, there are parts of America, there are a lot of addresses in America, particularly uh, rural areas, out-of-the-way areas, uh, Native American areas, yeah. that can literally only uh, receive post because of the US Postal Service, because like courier firms and private for-profit businesses will simply not deliver to them because it's not profitable. You need a service like the US Postal Service that is willing to make deliveries that are not financially viable yeah. to keep those communities connected to the Postal Service. Um, and recently, the United States got a new Postmaster General who basically is trying to destroy the US Postal Service because... It costs money to exist. Now, is it just because it costs money to exist, or is is it because there is a, a huge move towards uh, postal voting this well, year because of all the? Yeah, uh, that that's that's the thing. Is uh, the, the the on paper reason is it is not a for profit business. The suspected reason is it's one of the many things that Donald Trump and the Republicans seem to be doing in advance of trying to 
the, we're in a pandemic. Still the election. Yeah, it's an election year. It's there's a pandemic. In order for people to be able to vote effectively, postal voting needs to be a thing that stably exists. Yeah. And so basically, they're just ramping up the uh, the the electoral uh, uh, vote suppression. Exactly. Exactly. Because if you look at the demographics. Republican voters are much more likely to be like, COVID doesn't fucking exist, I'll go out and vote in person, what the fuck should I care? Whereas Democratic voters are much more likely to go, look, I, I care really, about other people. I, I really shouldn't be going out, there is a pandemic, I will stay home and, you know, we'll try and engage with the uh, the, the postal voting system, which Trump is already trying to claim that it's going to be uh, completely rigged with zero evidence. Yeah, because... I mean, between that and talking about putting back the election, the uh, all the talk about voter fraud, yeah, he's... when there isn't really yeah. any evidence of it, it he feels is... like... Yeah, he's gearing up to not accept losing an election. He's trying he's gearing to... up for a dictatorship. Yeah, very much so. He's gearing up to try and either not lose the election or if he does refuse to give up power, and that's fucking terrifying. Um, but, like... The problem is, is the reason the Postal Service doesn't make money in the US is nothing to do with their actual services. Um, they are the only federal service in America that is required to prepay the pensions of every member of their staff um for 70 years right um which was entirely put on the postal service to try and make them unprofitable right. if if someone new joins the uh, the the postal service as an employee all of their pensions have to be prepaid like before they have worked that time right which is incredibly expensive to do and is not expected of any other federal service in the u.s yeah so they've been hamstringing it for a while yeah they've been hamstringing it for a while and now they're trying to they're trying to kill the service by doing things like uh refusing to let postal workers work overtime they are uh refusing to let them pre-sort uh posts uh they're doing things that are basically causing huge delays and backlogs um to try and get the public to be dissatisfied with the service. Yeah, yeah. So, So, literally what the the Tories have been doing to the NHS. Yeah, exactly. Like, where previously uh, postal workers in the US would be like, look, first class mail for today to this area, it's hit five o'clock, we're supposed to stop, uh, you know, delivering, but there's still today letters and parcels that haven't been delivered. We'll just keep going. We'll get it done because we said it would get delivered today. Now, they have to stop. They are being forced to stop, which means that days and days of backlogs are being created. Uh, things that would usually reliably arrive the next day are now taking weeks to arrive. Um, and we're basically heading to a world where some people won't be able to get post full stop and the only postal options will be infinitely more expensive, which will... Not to mention the, the issues with small businesses who are oh, like, exactly. well, this is my, my only way of, of getting things shipped out. Yeah, if you look at like you know Etsy sellers and stuff yeah. like that, they're like, I will not be able to keep being a business with the price heights that we will face if the postal service goes away. <sighs> So yeah, be loud about this, everyone. Like, make a point of trying to support the postal service where you can, because it is in much like the NHS. It's in desperate need of support right now. They have some very cute pride t-shirts. They do indeed. Yeah. Uh, oh, virtual hug. Virtual hug. Yeah, with a with a fan on maybe. Oh. Ugh. Oh, I'm glad. It, I'm honestly glad this week that it is a virtual hug. Yeah, a physical hug would not be pleasant this I, week. I think we would literally melt in each other's arms. I mean, that doesn't sound too bad. No, I mean, if, if <laughs> I, I was going to die with anyone, I, I would be glad it was you, mate. But, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm being silly, I'm being silly. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> right, I am going to uh, get some iced coffee out of the fridge, I think. I, I'm going to have a, just a glass of ice water, but nice, cold it? drinks, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> 
So Laura. Yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K Buzz in all the places. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, LauraKBuzz.com. Uh, I've got books. Uncomfortable Labels, it's about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum, and it's out now. There's Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is coming out on February 4th, 2021. We know that's happening, because the, the the book's starting to pop up on some, some websites like Waterstones. It has an ISBN number and everything now. Ooh. Uh, there's also Gender Euphoria, which is an anthology of trans, non-binary, intersex, uh, non-cisgender people's stories of euphoric, lovely positiveness. Yeah. Uh, there is one of those I've stories. been looking at it throughout the, on my, sc- the on my screen over here that uh, is in the editing process at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, every Friday on YouTube I publish an episode of Accessibility, which is a show where I talk about the video game industry and accessibility and representation. Um, the most recent episode to have gone up when this goes up will have been about uh, games that hide accessibility settings behind random NPCs or behind progression and why that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be an episode in the next couple of weeks probably about uh, epilepsy, uh, which I've I've been doing some research, talking All to right. some people about and trying to get that script ready. Yay. Other than that, I'm on some podcasts. Mm-hmm. There is uh, Pixel Squirt, where I talk about video game character pornography. There's Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every season's a self-contained story. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and seven. There's Queer... Uh, uh, there's Queer and Pleasant Strangers. There's Queer and Pleasant Strangers. There's Podquisition, which is where I tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. This is the thing. I was trying to remember that Podquisition I mean, is a show, and then I put myself into the Podquisition credits. There are queer people on that. Yeah. Uh, and I also do... A podcast with you that isn't Queer and Pleasant Strangers. No, it's Polyarmory. Yeah, tell us about that and the things you do. It's a D&D 5th edition real play podcast and we have slightly questionable morals. We have a one shot coming up with some lovely guest hosts from the Human Tolerant News show. That's uh, Larry Yelling NB and Bethany Turner. And they also have Lauren Morgan on that show, your your co-person yeah. from the Dice Funk. Uh, yeah, that we, we have more fucking we have so much of that show coming enjoy it i am having a really good time telling that story and Yay. i hope my players are doing so too i make t-shirts they are for sale on my red bubble i have i have a twitter and a youtube and i have a patreon which i mentioned earlier that's the one that pays my bills and helped me justify a 70 hour work week uh, yeah, that's uh, patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. All of my other stuff can be found at streamerlinks.com slash janiac. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Yeah, well, uh, Laura. Yeah? Who sings that, darling? Well, until next time, be a stranger. I can literally feel sweat pouring down my back. Same. (sighs) It's so gross.